get you go to school. And who's your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slow. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we are going to have a really sad time talking mm. about really sad things. Because it is actually really quite shit. We've got two young cops and a neighbour were shot by a group of pilled fuckheads. It's a complete waste of human life, and it's just bloody sad. There's a yes, lot to dissect from it, but... On face value, it's just fucked. I mean, the neighbour just came over to see if everything was okay and got shot in the back for his troubles. I mean, mm. who fucking does that? It's, it's just Presumably shit. running away once he realised it. Yeah, quite likely. The scene that was uh, just ro- don't, don't before do his that. eyes. Just <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, to make things more fun at the end of that, we're going to have a chat with Sandy and Soz from Tim Four Tales about the saga of Baby Will, who is an mm. infant needing urgent heart surgery, which has been completed, mind you, turning this whole thing into a circus sideshow for anti-vaxxers in Otoroa because the parents were convinced that vaccinated blood was going to cause him some kind of harm, whatever yeah. that even is. Great to have Sandy and Sauce along. Very good. It's been a pretty fuck week and overall a pretty fuck month on the fringe. We've seen Elon Musk buy Twitter and turn it into an actual disinfo machine. Cunt. We- we have seen Kanye West doing a media tour to normalise Nazi ideology and demonise Jews. And now Cunt. we see this, the ultimate conclusion of the violent rhetoric that has been amplifying over the course of the pandemic. A shooting involving police officers was an ambush. Mm. An innocent bystander shot in the back on the back of dangerous paranoid delusions and utterly fucking stupid ideology. Yeah, so we're going to skip Black Hill Fuckwood and Solvice for the Man this week because we're just not really doing that. No. We Don't would usually right. skip Pete in a somber occasion like this, but fuck, he's been too busy, and I just can't. I can't skip Pete. Not this Damn week. You, Pete, for I, being busy for once. He's been so he's galvanised by this whole weird resurgence of the right wing. Anyway, we'll get to it later. But you might need a spoonful of sugar at the end of this because it is going to be a bit of a shit salad. So I mean. There'll, yeah. be, there'll be Pete to look forward to. Look, we'll also skip the usual begging for money routine and get stuck right into it. Yeah. It's time, that means, for the Condition Release Program's weekly news. So, of course, we take the piss out of cookers on this program and some of them are very funny and that's kind of why we do it. But today, it doesn't seem so funny because the basic proposition of the program is that many of these people are dangerous. And we know that. We've known that for ages. Our patrons know that. Our listeners know that. Everyone knows it. It's kind of common knowledge. But it's really sad because we could see this sort of savage rise in this sovsit space in Australia and it's just been magnified by the pandemic exponentially. And... Where the fuck is it going now? Yeah, look, I mean, I still think we should mock. That's yeah. not today, but but we should mock, you know, yeah. cookers more broadly, not just because they're very funny, but because mockery is an important tool in debunking a lot of this very dangerous sort of collective cult-style thinking. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like, look, it's so ridiculous that the only thing you can really do is laugh at it because, you know, with these ideologies, they're so absurd. And the irony of constantly making shit up and then saying they're striving toward truth somehow. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mockery, mockery also has a very powerful impact yeah. too, I think. You know, it can really, it can maybe, you know, we can tip people away from, you know, sort of veering into that kind of uh, collectivist thinking. Um, we might be able to actually, you know, um, uh, mock a few people out, you know. Tease these people out of the rabbit hole. I, yeah. like, this, I like the strategy because, you know so what? So mockery has its place. It yes. Probably its place is not today. Yes, and That's it's cathartic all. for those who are outside of the thing because when you see this sort of stuff and you see it happening and you see this erosion of society, you just want to kind of laugh at it because if you don't, you cry. Mm. Yeah. So in the process of this, four young officers were ambushed. Two of them were shot dead. One was wounded. The other, who can only be described as a hero, left in a world of pain and trauma and a neighbor was executed by just, as you said, just shot in the fucking back. It's probably fleeing the situation, but I mean, whatever happened, just shot in the back. That is so cowardly to do that. Yeah, that was that was Alan Dare, who's a, a, a neighbor, 58 years of age, shot in the back when he went to inquire about the bushfire that the yeah. offenders had lit in order to try and attract Constable Keely Brow. Yeah, very young police officer. She's just out of the academy, twenty eight year twenty eight years of age, but just out of the academy. Uh, while she was basically hiding in grass around the property, they lit the fire to try and smoke her out or That's burn so her out. Fucked up. Um, and uh, she was so uh, she was so, she, she she thought her end was coming so much that she was texting loved ones uh, with final messages. Yeah. Um, but uh, she was also able to attract the attention, divert the attention of, of police elsewhere to come to the scene. So uh, she has to be described as a hero. Yeah. Uh, deceased a constable, Rachel McCrow, uh, McCrow uh, 29, and constable Matthew Allen, uh, Matthew Arnold, I should say, 26, shot dead and, and wounded, shot in the leg, and we believe he's going to make a full recovery. Good. Constable Randall Kirk, 28. Um, he spoke from his hospital bed today as we record this 14th of uh, December. Uh, and the perpetrators, Nathan Nathaniel Train, 46 years of age, a former school principal, des- described as a meek and mild-mannered man. By, like, everyone. Yeah, by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and they always and- do this whole, like, he was a good bloke before he killed his wife sort of shit. But this one feels a little different. Yeah, it's quite strange what's actually occurred to him psychologically, and we yeah. can only we can we can only speculate. But but basically, he went from being a, a primary school principal, um, uh, and, and then basically fleeing the you know fleeing his job and uh, and becoming a missing person. Now he became a missing person as reported, I believe, by his father or someone close to the father, Ronald Train, who's a retired. Uh, pastor, um, uh, quite uh, strongly religious, uh, uh, I believe, sort of Pentecostal um, yes, figure. Yes, a very problematic religion, mind you, uh, if you don't know that Pentecostal and, uh, beliefs. It's not good. Yeah, and that led to the inquiry, which uh, took four police officers to the train property where Nathaniel was living with Gareth, who's 47, and Gareth's wife, Stacey Train, 45, they co-owned the property and Nathaniel had been living there just for a very short period of time, it would say months, 
uh, and uh, and the, re- the, re- the missing person report was being acted on by police. Joel and I have talked about this before. We just want to touch on it briefly, and, and it does lead into what else we're talking about, is that, you know, our knowledge of policing, mine's probably a little bit more advanced, is that if there are four police officers going and, and two of them had to be called from a from a more distant police station, four are going, there's got to be some suspicion of a, a, mm. some some concern. I mean, if, if this is just a missing person inquiry, it can be handled by one or two police officers, but in this case it was four. But as, as, as is obviously clear, um, those four police officers, Officers were never going to be enough, and we saw this with Solange Goods um, when she had the routine firearms check. There, a whole team went, and their whole thing was, "Well, this is a bit bloody excessive." And in reality, the situation was: was these are extremists who cannot be trusted, who are known to have firearms. It was correct response in this case, completely correct response. And 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 in Queensland, it certainly hasn't been. Um, and that's 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 what we're going to. There'll be a lot of people feeling very shitty about this. Um, yeah. So police officers attended about four thirty on Monday, the twelfth of December, four thirty in the afternoon, uh, in in William Biller in Wayne's Road, uh, and two gunmen dressed in camo, Gareth and Nathaniel Train, uh, opened fire, <coughs> and uh, it really was an ambush. I mean, they were they yeah. were dressed dressed and ready to go. Yeah. And uh, and and we've gone through what took place after that um, uh, with the two police officers being shot dead and um, and Kelly Brow alerting uh, other police to the area. Constable Kirk had, had escaped, so more police were on the way and by 6 o'clock police had declared an emergency declaration zone where everything's basically just shut down. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and um, at about 11.30 that night, um, uh, the, what's known in Queensland as the SERT, the CERTs, known in New South Wales as the Tactical Response Group or in uh, Victoria as the Special Operations Group, Sons of God, the Special Emergency Response Team from Queensland Police uh, entered the premises and uh, and shot all three uh, train uh, family members dead on the property, Nathaniel, Gareth and Stacey. And uh, reports I've got uh, from sources tell me that uh, Stacey train was wounded by SERT gunfire, uh, but continued to fire back at police. That's I mean, just fucked up. They were given every opportunity to surrender before yeah. before the armoured vehicle rolled into the property. They were and, never going to. And that armoured vehicle was peppered with gunfire. Yeah. Um, so this was something that um, that had been planned uh, and... And uh, I, I maintain today in a piece that I wrote that it was uh, a piece of uh, domestic terrorism, and I believe that it ticks all boxes, including uh, including the political messaging. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds over the next week or so. Whether this is the end of the story, it's or not, if there is yeah, some sort of manifesto there's... or some shit left behind or something like that, but. I'll I'll get to the sort of you know the cooker takes implications on that later. Well, yeah, and look, there are as, as reported in the Guardian today. It would it appear that Stacey Train was married to Nathaniel, and then that marriage marriage was dissolved, and then she married Nathaniel's brother Gareth, which is very sort of strange, as well. Bit of a but, love triangle going on. But what's what's clear here um, is uh, is that this was. You know, a, a, an act of terrorism, and planned and and proceeded, proceeded with by those three individuals. So in the end, we got three innocent people dead, 
and we've got three perpetrators dead as well, and 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 the perpetrators got what was coming to them. Yeah, and they asked for all of this. They brought it on, and, and it should be noted too that the that, uh, Nathaniel and and his brother, once they had brought the two police officers down and wounded them, stood over them and fired into them again Fucked before up. taking their, their, their service uh, pistols, their Glocks. Yeah. You can't expect that to end well. Once you do that, that's the end of it. Yeah, and we've been warning about this for a while. And it's, a, you know, this is the dangers of cop behaviour and the rapid radicalisation of individuals amplified by disinformation associated with the pandemic, stuff that Joel and I have been discussing for a couple of years now. And in the reports that emerged the, uh, that emerged the following day, recording Wednesday on emerged on the Tuesday, came a media focus on Gareth Train and his online conspiracy-laden rants. I mean... The, the incident where the SERT cleaned up was really close to the end of Monday anyway. It was sort of midday yeah. by that stage. And by then, uh, the media had, had, had started to have a, a very good look at uh, <clears throat> at what was going on there and, and the perpetrators in particular. Uh, and we saw the train had, you know, a long history of, of uh, conspiracy-laden rants, Port Arthur massacre as a false flag, babbling about the Luciferian agenda, Bill Ugh. Gates, blah, blah. Uh, the CIA is a Jesuit cabal, the you know, fuck? Freemasonry and secret government depopulation policies through vaccines. But I actually think that that's, you know, that's one of the sort of media curiosities. Yeah. Um, and, and it's almost... Yes, it's an important piece of detail, but, but I think media tend to focus too much on this stuff rather than the, the actual motivation. Yeah, so, it's like if they're into this sort of thing, they're in a certain club, it's not necessarily what they believe because you could change this with a thousand other dead shit fucking conspiracy theories. Exactly. You could swap Bill Gates for George Soros. You might start thinking Nazi, but realistically it just comes down to the same thing. And this is the thing, and we'll probably talk about the sort of like the, the cooker thing and whether it's an appropriate term for people and blah, blah, blah. But that's the way you sort of do it because you just want to be able to slap a, a thing on this. Same with the sovsit term. I, I feel so bad using the word sovsit knowing Rob Sudi is on my shoulder saying, yeah. don't call them sovsits, it's wrong. Yeah. But it's just this simple thing to slap a label on them because you just like, you know what? You might it believe that the Australia Acts aren't valid or you might think the entire government is run by fucking lizards. I'm just going to call you a sovsit because it makes my life easier. But I know that you're in that club. And And-, and- those sort of myriad belief systems of conspiracists, are, you know, and it sort of become an intellectual cul-de-sac, you know, for rational yeah. people because there's no point trying to comprehend them or, or seek Not some really, truth no. from them. I mean, you can mock them as we often do. Well, that's that's what I like with this whole thing. I think they're really funny. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, look, after reviewing several of Gareth Train's posts, I think I read six or seven of them, he would comfortably def- be defined as a sovereign citizen aligned conspiracy cultist. That's a broad term, but that's the one I'm going to attach to yeah, Gareth cool. Train. Yeah. Um, uh, and the mentality reinforced in social media echo, echo chambers led to his radicalisation. So yeah. his other expressions is in this very narrow world in the sort of shadows of, of social media, the worst places on the internet, where he's talking to other people with similar beliefs, constant violent rhetoric. That's the radicalisation factor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, that one-up thing as well. You set, tend to have this sort of one-up thing where people will say, "Oh, I should. You, we should hang down Andrews." You go, "Well, we should hang Sutton and Andrews." You go, "Yeah, yeah, right." 
exactly right. And in turn, you know, it would appear that his wife, Stacey, and brother, um, uh, Nathaniel, were radicalised too. Um, we don't know. They don't have as large a sort of online um, footprint as Gareth Train does. Um, yeah. But, it, but the really, uh, I think, critical thing is, you know, in the case of the brother, Nathaniel, the, the former quietly spoken, mild-mannered uh, primary school principal um, who specialised in the education of Indigenous kids. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it seems like his process of radicalisation occurred in the space of just a few months. Yeah. And that's a little bit terrifying. It's very fucking terrifying. Like... The, as far as the, the social media history goes, obviously people have, you know, sort of these pseudonyms and stuff like that. But one person on Telegram I saw today was saying that Nathaniel was a bit of a mad cunt who uh, commented on Thanos and Oneg's posts a lot. But because there was no basis for it, I sort of left it out. But it was something yeah. that people were sort of sussing it out. But I also searched through Oneg's and the other groups that he suggested they were in. And I couldn't see anything, Nate, Nate, I couldn't find anything that really linked to that. So I um, I think that basically people are just clutching at straws. Yeah, but- there'll be that, bit, of a bit of that. And there'll be a bit of this kind of, yeah, I've seen him around and I see, you know, I've seen him in this chat room or this or this site or in this Reddit, sub Reddit, you know, this sort of thing. I don't, I, yeah. I just don't think it's all that important. Well, did- yeah. One person who is important is Rob Sudi. I think, yeah, once again, he knows everything. <laughs> we should yeah, get we, him on the show we'll, again. We'll probably say this a couple of times in the show. Rob Sudi is is Australia's resident expert in sovereign citizens. Or OPCA adherents because you know he's on your shoulder saying yes, don't call that's right. <laughs> I mean, he, he prefers a free man on the land. Um, pseudo-law exponents might even be something that he likes even more, but... But yeah. yeah, OPCA adherence, uh, you know the um, the pseudo legal commercial arguments. So, so his website, freemandelusion.com, I believe that's it. Yeah. Um, is uh, is something to check out, uh, listeners, if uh, you're interested in pursuing this more. It keeps a very close eye on uh, some of the uh, uh, litigious, uh, litigious sort of uh, 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 leisure demand these people carry on about. Too, it's an so. actual like it's a law database of cooked bullshit. It's great. It's really, really well written. And like as a law student, like I just, I want him to become a student at law, but he just fucking refuses to, but it's fine. Anyway, hey Rob. So look, people on Telegram are taking issue with the idea of his radicalization, which makes a lot of sense considering that they are mostly radicalized as fuck themselves. So they blame the government, specifically the vaccine mandates they say pushed him out of his job for what happened. But from what I've read, of course, from the mainstream media, it was actually a severe heart attack that led him to an early and possibly temporary break from a job that he really did love, taking time to recover from the heart attack, but also due to this sort of combined sense of disappointment in the education system for inaction based on the issues he had with the school, which, of course, he liaised with Mark Latham about. Yes, he did. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he was actually quoted uh, in The Australian um, while he was on another posting and really being positive about what was going on in the school. School. And really? that was, Queens, that was okay. a Queensland posting, yeah. Interesting, interesting. And that, that was obviously several, I think, about 2017. So um, not that long ago. He, he, yeah. While he, was, um, uh, while he was teaching in New South Wales and he had a west of New South Wales, he did get in touch with Mark Latham, Joe. Yeah, yeah, he did. And look, you know, Mark Latham's a bit of a go-to for cookers, but I would say there'll be a bit of a post-mortem there that Mark Latham will sort of bring to the table or not, who knows? But there will be some details in that, which are, I think are of interest. But generally speaking, it seems like following the heart attack 
and the break from work, a rapid decline in his mental health occurred where he had a lot of spare time on his hands and he started getting really fucking pilled, going down some shitty rabbit holes of disinformation and this kind of amped up rhetoric we've been talking about. Yeah, very likely. And of course, he had his brother to sort of guide him through this stuff too. Oh, so, totally, yeah. So so the, so the bit about Latham, I, I think it might end up being very much a sort of red red herring. I mean, yeah. it, it actually shows that, uh, that Nathaniel Train was actually engaged you know, his correspondence with Latham, as I understand it, yeah. um, shows that he was still engaging with society. Political engagement. He, yeah, he was He was disappointed yeah. with the way things were going at the school. And appealing uh, to power. And, and I believe Latham actually visited the school as well. Um, yeah, so this, okay. is, this is kind of a sign that he's still connected. Yeah, and then, okay. as you say, there were... There was a heart attack. There was some some injury, some time off, and then basically a disappearance and there's disengagement. And, yeah. um, you know, and that's for Complete me complete disengagement. Just, yeah, this is the really important thing that it is that it is. is um, going from engagement to complete and utter disengagement to becoming a cop killer yeah. has taken months, no more than months. Fuck, and that's the yeah. scary thing. It's quite something. So, look, I would say that a great example of this sort of extreme, bizarre and inexplicable radicalization can be the obvious one, which is Elon fucking Musk. He's Q-pilled now. I mean, he's gone from I was a Democrat, now I'm leaning Republican to posting shit about prosecuting Fauci and how the Twitter files are going to bring out all this shit about vaccines. He's fucking cooked. This is like the world's richest man who has armies of assistants and people who, okay, may very well be yes men, but he could also have the greatest researchers come in and tell him exactly how these things work. But he's pilled. And that, to me, shows that anyone can do it. And as far as I can see, he's been pilled and radicalized very fucking quickly. It's like there's, it's almost like there's a hypnotic state where some somehow people have been hypnotized into some kind of trance, which yeah. creates a new state of being in their brain. They stop I, I, being themselves. I always thought he had a sort of right-wing libertarian sort of sense to it. It's different. Libertarian sense, I get it, and he's but, always had a little bit of that going oh, on. There'd be, but there'd this be a is close correlation between, between right-wing libertarian and sort of that cooker extremist movement. Yeah, but I think like, there'd just, be a, a bit of... Uh, a bit of a Venn diagram to bullshit, though. <laughs> like, just bullshit. You can be as libertarian as you want. It's mostly rich cunts who want that stuff because they hate being taxed. But fuck, man. Like, you know, that's too far. But anyway, that's just my example, of, I think, of someone who's been sort of radicalized in a way that I didn't see coming. And I think it can kind of happen to anyone. But this is give a bit of a Telegram sort of summary of what's going on. And these are the narratives that I'm seeing pushed on Telegram. So first, of course, this is so obvious that it was planned, that this was to be expected. And there's, you know, this sort of false flag narrative is a fairly predictable one because... Everyone expected this to happen, including them, apparently. So we've got the parallels of Port Arthur. And, of course, the brothers being said to subscribe to the theory that the Port Arthur mask was a false flag, this sort of follows. So this is one of the posts. Yeah, so who posted this? I'm not naming people. Yeah, okay. So this is this is one anonymous post. I'm not giving him a fucking yep. attention. It's 1996 again, this time with a dash of blame the conspiracy theorist and a whole lot of sympathy for floundering policy enforcers, even though they're... There, and we've got all sorts of quotation marks here. There are more questions than answers. Of course, the answer is to make it even harder to defend oneself and your property from tyranny. So that's one post. Mm. Yeah. And like, look, this kind of radicalization, 
I think this makes people think that a welfare check on a missing person is some kind of tyranny, but it's not fucking tyranny. It's community policing. And it's actually a bloody good thing. And for dickheads like this to kind of try and stop that from existing Mm. alongside MPs in the community because they're scared of their safety, it just locks us all away and stops us from interacting because we're worried that something bad's going to happen because extremists are among us. It would be a real shame for society in general to see police unable to check in on people that they're worried about, especially in smaller areas. Who else does it, Joe? Well, that's it. Who else does it? Because that's it. Like, whether you love or hate cops, you can be all ACAB as much as you want. You know, 13, 1, 2, well, great, whatever. But sometimes a police officer checking in on someone who's been a bit quiet recently can lead to really positive outcomes for a person who's in a shitty place with no one else who gives a fuck about them. Mm. And that can be really important, I think. Absolutely. But, but, but you know. Here we got cookers. What about Oneegs? What's he been up to? So, Dave Oneegs came out with a message of sympathies, which was pretty generic when the f- story first dropped because I immediately went to Telegram to see what was happening. And it was all very much this is very sad. Police being shot is no good. We like Queensland police, which is a weird thing because they seem to like go on about how they hate Victorian police, but they love Queensland police. Anyway. He's now, of course, gone both on the offensive and the defensive with mm. many long rambling posts that generally can be summarized as a war narrative. That and this like is Dave. <laughs> not the de-escalation that we're hoping for. So Dave said this, but this is across a few posts. So I've taken a few paragraphs because I'm not going to fucking read it all. It's like 700 words of blabble. Just gibberish, yeah. We, gibberish. We, but here's a bit that's sort of less gibberish. We yes. must be very cognizant that this is the open declaration of war on anyone who dares question the narrative. And that requires um, that requires uh, <laughs> um, uh, some punctuation there, but never mind. The last three years has seen all the conspiracy theories become conspiracy facts. I can't help but feel this is only going to be used against all of us who value truth and free speech. Dave, you, in that sentence, you, you just don't belong there. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. And there's another comment, which is on one of the Dave O'Neill's threads, and I reluctantly thank Melanne for this one on Twitter because wow. she posted it, so fair enough. Look, I credit where credit's due. I'm very uncomfortable reading this, but I'll, I'll read it anyway. It it's feels very strange today. One of our folders finally carried out their promise to make a difference. It will make a difference. They can't keep suppressing us forever. Time to take up arms like our brother, Nate. Yeah, that's not good. That last bit's really not good. And it's predictable. Of course, I mean, this is... Entirely predictable. It's like Elliot Roger for the incel community. Um, just these anti-heroes that people with shitty beliefs gravitate towards. So, well, obviously we had others det- attempting to just dissect the events, you know, trying to find flaws in it. This is a touch of the usual thing. They've got this sort of confidence of a drunken five-year-old saying, you know, the story doesn't add up to their, you know, brilliant deduction skills. One said... Shooting started six hours after police arrived. Bit fishy. Not fishy, you fucking idiot. It's a siege. It's not a movie. It's not Heat with Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro, you fucking moron. This is a serious situation. Your two cents are not needed here. But, you know, this is just another cooker. You know? Well, this is if we're talking about the time between um, the police arriving on the property and the SERT moving in and killing the three train uh, the, the, the train trio, shall mm-hmm. we say, um, yeah. <clears throat> then really, I mean, you've got to understand there's a whole period of negotiations going on here. Exactly. Please, we would rather not come in and kill you all. We would rather you uh, you you surrender to yourself, uh, you, you surrender to us and drop your weapons. Yeah. 
So, so no. that period takes a long time. And us going to go, oh, okay, well, they said no, so we're just going to move in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I understand there's also a period of planning and how they're going to approach it. it, it as it's, as it was, it was just a single armoured vehicle with, a, with basically, well, there were 12 members of the SERT, so probably eight in the vehicle and another four behind it keeping some distance away. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and possibly snipers set up as well. But, but... At, at stage, they, they just went through a, a sort of frontal assault. Yeah, and I'm um, sure it was all very well planned. But it had to, and it had to be planned. But, but the, the, the but why we have this six hour period is so they can negotiate. You know, exactly. professional negotiators coming in and talk to them and say, "Hey, please come out, come down from this because this is only going to end one way if you don't." Yeah, exactly, and it did end that way, you know. But it's just these people are fucking morons, and they just they talk amongst themselves and it annoys me. But it's fine. Like I say, these are little things, and the but these little things, I think they're designed to plant seeds of doubt in people's heads, and I think they're yes, very effective. Exactly right. These yeah, sort of I've things can be screenshot and shared. You know, and I think it perpetuates the kind of radicalization that we're talking about, um, especially that idea of like faultlessness and blamelessness. And there's always there's this victimhood mindset of that we're being picked on by the government. and There's no personal responsibility involved. Of course, these were murderous fuckheads. But the idea that people are asking everywhere, does anyone know the truth about the Queensland stu- shooting? It's everywhere. And of course, this comes back to the whole counter narrative thing. They will believe yeah. almost anything you tell them as long as it doesn't actually pertain to anything that happened. They will believe almost fucking anything as long as it's a counter-narrative. And this is their problem. It's tiring. I think the other thing you've got to you've got to remember too is that people who are in a cult, they're the last people to understand that they're actually in a cult, right? Yeah. That, um, there's no self-awareness and this is part of the problem. So this is very much cult-like behaviour. We call them cookers. We call them... We have all sorts of light-hearted terms for them, uh, which I'm really not comfortable using today. I really feel uncomfortable using yeah, the term fair. cookers because the train trio, they weren't cookers. They were radicalised domestic terrorists. Yeah, right? they were murderers. That's and the right yeah, term. Most cookers um, would never even dream of responding to police like this, or anyone, in fact. They're not inherent murderers. The issue is you don't know which ones are and which ones aren't. And they share a lot of fucking traits. And God, do they love talking about hanging. For every person who says they want to hang public officials, there's maybe a a hundred who'll say it and maybe one of them would ever even dream of doing something like this? Well, you're going to get copycats. You're going to have, I mean, you know, this is the way people behave. You're going to get copycats. You're going to get a lot of ideation of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the stuff that well, I'm this is, yeah, so sort of seeing on Telegram. Just looking at these, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredibly unpleasant. And this so, is another another hot take, Joe. They stage yeah. this event to go after people who online who form their own opinion. It's no coincidence they were bringing <laughs> in digital ID same way they took our guns away. This is staged. Yeah. So, We've already got, you know, and we're only a step away from false flag type operations, right? Oh, totally. And that's the thing. Like, the source on this, the evidence here is just trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. You know, he's not as fucking brazen as Bozy to say he knows it because White Hat's told him. But you can see this sort of thing of just bringing in digital ID and gun control. It's just the vibe of things. It's whatever this person's thinking at the time, probably pertaining to the last Rumble video they watched. But 
if they think the government are actually hunting people down based on their browsing history, this is going to be a problem. Mm. And I can see this being a very dominant angle on these events in the sort of, you know, conspiracy theorist space going forward. It's going to be uh, an interesting thing that I think a few people are really going to hold on to and create a problematic environment. So a lesser discussed theory was that he was a whistleblower who found financial irregularities at the school he worked at. And he oh, was dear. basically shot to silence him. Mm-hmm. What? There's no evidence for that at all. It was just some guy posting that on Telegram. Okay, yep. cool. But yep. why are people like this? Oh, I'm just going to throw in my two cents of this wild fantasy <laughs> and see if people pick up on this as, as some sort of reality. You, you know that this is, it, yeah, that, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to, you know, they're actually going to go to the mainstream media first and then they're going to develop some alternative, you know, some alternative view. Just, it's fucking banal. And one of the things that really, I mean, look, I'm guessing this is legitimate, not someone who having, uh, having a joke, but they also suggested he was a pedophile. Mm. Yeah. And they were trying to silence him because he's part of a pedophile network. Yeah. Something to do with the schools. And I mean, like, look, okay, that's Telegram for you. But I'm just like, you fucking people. I mean, what the fuck? Like, who hurt you and why are you like this? But anyway, so look, it's still early days. But from what I'm seeing on Telegram, the narrative is leaning toward this being a planned event to stop people from seeking the truth. That's the thing that I'm seeing, generally speaking. This is what Dave will push, who has a lot of sway in these things, and I think others are going to follow in step. And look, I guess sometimes we presume too much and uh, when, we, sure. when we when we think of our listeners, and so we really need to talk these things through and try and get out some proper definitions of what happened with the trains and, and why they became radicalised and get into a little bit of the history of it. So sovereign citizens, you know, and we, we, we talked about Rob. Rob prefers the term the free man on the land um, because well, that, he, that has Canadian roots. He prefers the organised pseudo-legal commercial argument inherent, OPCA yep. inherent okay. from Meads versus Meads, which is a, a thing. But look, I don't want to put Rob, words in Rob's mouth, but you're quite right. Basically, Rob likes anything but sovereign citizen. Just don't call him late for breakfast. I'm telling you right now. It's <laughs> like- but, but, but really, there is there is that distinction because sovereign citizen is a US concept that transferred across to Canada. When we're talking now, well, really, the, the genesis of it was in the 70s and 80s, uh, and, it, and it went across the, the border into Canada. And Canada has more of the sort of, or, or a more similar- um, legal framework, constitutional and legal framework to that of Australia. So, and, and it really was that uh, there were, you know, in terms of the founders of that Canadian movement tended to have the bigger influence in Australia. And this is going into that 70s and 80s period. Yep. You know, the, the, the US um, original Soviet group basically sprang out of um, posse comitatus in white supremacy movements who in turn uh, sprang out of the John Birch Society going back into the 60s. So driven by a lot of them, we remember you know, John Cougar Mellencamp and, and, and Farm Aid and, and Farmers Foreclosing and all this sort of stuff. It, was, it, it came around in that environment, and this is now into the 70s and 80s, where you had all these sort of Soviet-type grifters running around telling farmers and others, you don't have to pay your creditors, yeah, you don't okay. have to pay tax, and in fact, you can manipulate the system in order to receive more tax than you are due in yeah. terms of a rebate, and and that's basically how it sprang how it sprang forth. So the American stuff has very different sort of legal framework than the Canadian stuff does and and obviously more similar to Australia because both countries are constitutional monarchies. Yeah, yeah. Very big uh, similarities. But in the here and now, it's look, it's really an amorphous collective. You could talk about 
and the, and the FBI has done this. I mean, they basically described them, defined them as a, as a domestic terrorist group. If you did that in Australia, it would mean it would be a criminal offence punishable by a long jail term to engage, you know, and, we, and that might be an effective legal tool for Islamic State and various groups like Al-Qaeda and others. But in, in the sovereign citizen movement in Australia, it's very amorphous and it is changing all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, and so Rob's well aware of of the, you know, the, the old school sausage, you know, the Wayne Glues, and that they're the people who spend their time attempting to find holes in Australia's constitutional framework and engaging in sort of doomed but exhausting legal battles uh, oh, with, totally. with the state or individuals unfortunate enough to have crossed their paths. Got their own little versions of the Quick and Garren. They've got... The, the theory of the Australia Acts are invalid and, mm. you know, so it's basically di- our different. laws are just invalid entirely. And, and it's yeah, evolving. It's so glue has a different... Tiring. Glue has a different view to to um, to to the more contemporary sovereign citizens who look at the Australia Act in the early days of the Hawke governments in 1985, wasn't it? The Australia Act. Look, some engage in tax fraud because that's basically what this movement started as, and and many of them we've seen this ourselves drive the roads unlicensed, you know, and their vehicles uninsured and unregistered. Yeah. I mean, we've got B3 with D, who she basically runs all this sort of stuff on this more like paperwork terrorism, which is what a lot of the, the guys in the States do, yep. where this whole thing is based on bullshit forms and bullshit ideas of this bureaucracy, this parallel bureaucracy, which you can then unlock with these ridiculous forms that she'll provide people. But she, I don't see her talking about the Australia Acts. Maybe she does. But you've got like those Wayne Glue guys who are relatively contemporary, but kind of old school, as you say, who are like, you know, the Australia Acts are invalid and, you know, the Constitution's fucked and the Magna Carta's great. And then you've got D, who's there saying, if you download this form and you give it to a police officer, you'll get out of jail for free. Just trust me, don't worry about it. And... Yeah, like there is, there's a new generation, I think, that are a little bit more divorced from this sort of like, you know, obsession with the monarchy and more just wanting to, you know, engage in tax fraud and um, and and just get out of obligations. It's a very yeah. millennial sort of... Uh, <laughs> well, 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 there's one thing that, that they all have in common. So, we, we you know, they're, they're this kind of, it's like nailing Delhi to a wall, sovereign citizenry in Australia or indeed, you know, in, in North America and elsewhere around the world. But all of them live on the fringes of society. You know, yeah. Glue was a retired police officer living living in shit land in that's <laughs> now no longer his in the wheat belt of, of Western Australia. You know, so they all live on the fringes of society and the train trio ticking this box too, geographically, ideologically and culturally. Yeah. So they're on the fringes. Right? Now numbers are hard to discern. I've asked Rob about this, and there are various state and federal police reports, and they put the figure at somewhere around 100,000 in this country alone. And, and obviously, not all of those 100,000 are dangerous, but many are in the in the in the wrong or right circumstance. Yeah, and look, it is really difficult to know which ones are dangerous. Uh, it is possible, though. It's only a matter of time before sovereign citizens come into contact with police, and that's where the problems start. Now, in the US, routine traffic stops have escalated into shootouts. And a routine traffic stop in Arkansas. This is a very famous one. This is when law enforcement in the United States started responding to the threat. Uh, this is Jerry Kane grappled with a police officer who pulled him over on a routine stop, uh, and his 16 year old son, Joseph, emerged from the vehicle and opened fire with an AK 47 variant, 
killing both police officers. The father and son Sovsits went on a spree thereafter, shooting and wounding two more police officers before they were shot to death by police themselves. So Kane had outstanding warrants, an expired driver's licence, as usual, uninsured vehicle, as mm. usual. And he and his son had been touring the country, holding seminars where Kane would lecture participants on these sort of bogus legal pathways to avoid paying creditors or tax and, you know, charging for the privilege, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Sergeant uh, Brandon Pordert was the first cop killed by Joseph Kane. He was shot 14 times in the head, Ugh. neck and shoulders. He was actually ducking behind his vehicle and was shot through the vehicle by the 16-year-old Joseph Kane. 16 years uh, old. And Fuck Pordert's up. father, Bob, was the chief of police at West Memphis, Arkansas, where this where this took place. And Bob, Bob Pordet now travels the US speaking to other law enforcement officers you know, around the country to educate them on identifying self-sits and taking steps to reduce risk. He speaks a practical message for cops on the beat, calling for backup as a rule. So those are just, okay, there are, there are a number of language triggers here. I yeah. know that I'm dealing with a sovereign citizen. Uh, I can assess the risk. I, if I don't believe there's much going forward, I can proceed with the, the normal police work that I'm doing or I, I withdraw and, uh, and and call for backup. Yeah, as long as they do understand the potential threat of the fact that these people may very well be saying these things as a dead giveaway to being radicalised to the point where they're happy to commit suicide for the cause. Yeah, so this is this it's is over ten. This is ten years ago, and 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 databases oh, have improved then? then. But Jerry Kane was in an FBI database as a red flag, but that was not known or shared with local police. Uh, two weeks earlier, Kane had been arrested and held in custody for two days in New Mexico for failure to produce a driver's license. So he's he's seething. He's been jailed by the police, and and so by the time Bob Perdue's son and his colleague approached the vehicle in Arkansas, Kane and his son were itching for a firefight, and that's exactly mm. what happened. Uh, you know, an intelligence that could have been shared was not, and a routine traffic matter became a murder scene. So very very similar to what we've got going on now. Yeah, this is a recent phenomenon. Sovereign citizens have not been around for very long. We go back in the United States to the 70s and 80s, in here in the 90s. It's not an old phenomenon. So a lot of even experienced police officers haven't had much contact with them. Yeah, and, like, they've mostly been on the fringe until the pandemic sort of blew things up a bit. They started having this influencer movement that started to, you know, Mm -hmm. Really, like, you know, before you probably had to get these things on DVDs or mail order books. I don't even know. Rob would know, but... I mean, it's it's the internet's proliferated this stuff to the point where it's just absurd. And it's very seductive, you know, the idea of getting out of a fine or, you know, mm. getting out of trouble. Um, and this is another thing that Rob, when he was a sobsit, he was, you know, telling his mates, oh, you know, give me the bag of weed, mate. If I get caught with it, I can get out of it because I know what I'm doing. I know, I know the cheat codes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the, the other point to make is that this, all, this has all just been supercharged by, this, by the pandemic. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely, yeah. No question. So the roots of this are well known. We've got incidents in the United States that predate the pandemic where clearly these people were dangerous, but their numbers, this is the point I want to make, their numbers of sovereign citizens here and in the United States are proliferating around the pandemic, around disinfo that's been pushed around the pandemic. Yeah, but the thing is our police and emergency responders, as they say, in the United States. I mean, that's where they need to sharpen up. And the outpouring of grief over the murders of two young police officers and the murder of a civilian in the Western Downs of Queensland needs to find form as a wake-up call. You know, this is the point we want to make today, that you cannot send four young police officers into a place like that without having a proper knowledge 
of risk. In fact, it shouldn't happen at no, all. Absolutely and, not. And, and I do want to make the point that if if uh, one of the tra- train trio was a, was a member of an outlaw motorcycle gang, can, the police response would not be four young police officers. No. It would be highly specialised, skilled, trained uh, um, responders, you know, technical yeah. response groups. And the other difference is, is that, that the members of the outlaw motorcycle gang uh, <laughs> would be, generally speaking, arrested without incident yes. and taken away. I mean, they understand the parameters. That's the other difference. Yeah. The OMCGs uh, and the police understand the parameters. The, the police are there to uphold the law. Uh, the OMCG boys are there to occasionally break it and, yes. and face the consequences. And the hopefully not, but yes. The difference between them and what makes that a more, a more, what makes the, the Western Downs of Queensland incident more dangerous is that people were, they were not prepared to accept that the law was there to, to no. make arrests. You know, and it was a routine inquiry. It wasn't, there was a, not even a question of arrests. They don't believe in the system. They think it's tyranny. What does tyranny mean? Oh, you make it up as you go along. But it's tyranny. It's so bad. on that on that on that metric alone, you know these people are more dangerous than OMCGs. Yeah, and they're not classified as such, um, mm. which I think they're going to start being classified as such. But of course, that relies on the idea of being identified. And of course, these people were reasonably easily identified, but at the same time, they were not. And a routine check to see if you know missing person was at his brother's place to see if he's all right turned into this and. It ne- it's very important for police to know that this is on the cards. But they, you know, they had firearms and they had the licenses to possess them. They weren't illegal. They were on a database. No criminal record. Armed. No criminal you know? record. Yeah, mm. like you know, but like among the three, if you're walking into a place that's got firearms and you're not sure of the people holding them, maybe just assume they might be dangerous. Like it's fair enough. Don't go in there with your guns drawn. Mm. But at the same time, you know, do approach with caution. And of course, if they'd done a basic duck duck go search on Gareth Train's name, they would have got a lot of fucking spicy shit. I know. And that so, stuff should have been done. Yeah, it should have well, been you'd done. You think so? And we're not talking about the four police officers. We're talking about those who who, who command them and said, oh, "This is what we want four. you to do today." And there is exactly. something we talked about this, and we might have talked about it earlier. You know, for a routine inquiry, this it would normally be one or two police officers, not four. So there there was it would seem some sense of escalation. Yeah, um, but nowhere near appropriate uh, level, and 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 it could ease. And they sent the kids as you too. Say, duck, the duck, fuck? go, and and you've got it. You know. Yeah. I have directed. This is what he said. I or wrote. This is this is Gareth trying. I've directed law enforcement to leave my premises over the last twenty years, having no reason or grounds, and at times have also asked them to remove their hands from their weapons or pull their pistols and whistle Dixie. Fortunately for me, they have all been cowards. I just want to make uh, I just want to make the point that though that the two murdered um, uh, police officers had went down with their weapons holstered. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point to make. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they were definitely an- an- ambushed. Look, who's the fucking some, coward? Some of some of this would look like sort of wisdom in hindsight that the police should have done this, but I don't. I I, I, I am literally pinching myself. And Joel, when we first heard about this incident on Monday, what did what did you and I say? You know, well, on, yeah. online to each other, we just went, "Oh, this looks like sausage." It does. Of look course, like it sausage. does. I mm. wanted to reserve judgment until there's more evidence because Me I've too. been wrong before. But 
of course, your gut just goes straight to it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's this is the it's, kind of thing that they was, would uh, do. I got hold of a, a, a reporter at the Australian and just said, look, mate, this sounds like sausage. Yeah. And and, and look, there, you know, there was not that we were ultimately con- convinced. You know, we wanted to prove ourselves right ultimately, but that was just our first instinct. And then as the information started coming through, it was very yeah. clear that that, that that was right. I mean, it just oh, exactly. stank yeah. of it. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if you saw this one, Joe, but – this was posted all over social media. There was a, a video filmed by a sovereign citizen who who was pulled over um, by a highway patrolman, just one, uh, in, in the Illawarra. And, uh, yeah, and, I can't remember it was. And, I had well, seen yeah, it. Yeah, no, yes. it was definitely Illawarra. And for driving an unregistered and an uninsured vehicle, that's going to come up in, you know, the police schemides, as they say, in uh, Blues Brothers. In Blues Brothers, yes. Uh, State, uh, county, municipal, offender, data <laughs> system. There you go. <laughs> you know, the soft sit- Refused to show his license and cited, you know, pseudo law and yeah. associated nonsense. And he knew all the fucking cheat codes. And 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 that's those are the triggers. And those are the triggers for a police officer to say, okay, we are. Yeah. I am now in a state of escalated risk. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Now, now there was no physical altercation, and the, and the video ended with the outcome unclear. I would have liked to have thought that after all this bullshit he'd given the copper, the the vehicle would have been impounded. Wow. Uh, and uh, well, that's what should. That's what should happen yeah. in the event of a, an, an unregistered and uninsured vehicle. It should not be allowed to proceed. Yeah, yeah. Right? But who knows? But who knows? Yeah, we don't know. And, and it was it was all over Twitter. I had a couple of blues with people about it. And one guy thought, "Well, you know, what do you want to lock people up for?" Well, if you have an accident, as I made to this point, if you have an accident, a car accident that involves someone who is driving an unregistered uninsured vehicle and who is unlicensed to do so, good but- luck getting your vehicle repaired. Yeah. Not only that, but getting yourself repaired. It's compulsory third party for a reason. Yeah. I mean, they basically ignored any sort of liability. The CTP doesn't have to pay because he's not not insured. There's probably a fallback, but, God, there shouldn't be one. It's going to be a shocker. It's going to be a shocker. It's there for a fucking reason. Mm. Assholes. Yeah. No, fuck him. I got the the feeling, looking at the cop, that he... You know, and he and he was patient. And he was and, and he, he was pretty he was good. Tolerant. He was pretty good. But I got the feeling that he he'd never encountered this before. No, he looked young, if I remember correctly. He um, looked like a pup. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't you know, fresh out of the academy or anything. He looked like he'd been around a bit, but he just hadn't encountered this before. Yeah, yeah, that's what needs to be done. Rob Sudi needs to be paid five thousand dollars a day to go to police uh, uh, police stations and train them on how to basically identify them. And deal with them. Well, at very least, I mean, it would be nicer to work for Rob, but at very least he should be talking to senior police and senior police commanders. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you come across these people. These are the triggers so they can put in place some training. And he needs to stop doing it for free. <laughs> just yeah. saying, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. saying. Yeah. And look, it's bullshit. <clears throat> we just can't have four young police officers. I mean, these are kids. I've got a nephew who's a young police officer, and, and I, I worry. I don't know. I do actually. I did ask him. I said, "Have you?" I won't say the jurisdiction, but I said, "Have yeah, you ever done any done any training on on, on how to handle soft sits?" Yes, no. Yeah, that's silly. Well, look, he, he, he is new into it, but you know, well, it should be in the fucking academy at this point. Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, um, really. Yeah, so that's where we need to address this issue. I mean, I think Joel probably wants to make a wider point about about how we get into data harvesting uh, that might create basically databases where police can quickly check on on people's basically extremist if they hold extremist views have made extremist yep. posts on social media I mean, I mean that's 
sort of in the future for me. But as it stands, it would seem that law enforcement in this country is not aware of the threat that sausage pose and are doing nothing to pass that on to their rank-and-file members. Doing little to nothing, who yeah. Are fa- yeah who are, who are yeah. facing the threat at the coalface, yeah. I'd say there's a few cops out there that are across the brief who are pushing this be. sort of thing, but there not will enough. Be without doubt, I don't think it's systemic. Not that no, I can see. We're not I'm not talk- in the police, but... We're know. not talking about official management. That's basically, you know... Commissioner yeah, now. Yeah, that's it. And, like, you know, there needs to be some sort of way of harvesting social media and centralising it. It's tricky if people go anonymous and, you know, they use pseudonyms and things like that. They can evade this kind of detection. But a lot of the time with these sort of people, attention is actually a really big deal to them. So it's quite easy to find out who they are. But, uh, yeah, intelligence and local cops need to be speaking in tandem in a way that is practical manageable and precise and how that solution works i mean look people who are paid a lot more money than i am are responsible for this and it still hasn't happened so yeah you know well, they're not even getting the basic check stuff Right. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't. And, it, but for it's now, not I the think Queensland case. if the coppers on the desk knew how to do a DuckDuckGo search and mm. basically even just- that, Even basic thing like that. That, yep. that would have caught this because Gareth used his real name. Mm. And if they'd searched for him, they would have found Cairns News. Mm. They would have found several things that are quite terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, now, of course, if you do a DuckDuckGo search, all you get is MSM articles about a slain shooter. But before that, is very different story. So, yeah, I mean, so, a little well, bit of training would have gone a long way the, there. The police have to do have to do better. I mean, emergency services have to be involved in this too. You've got ambos, you've got fireys, you've got people on that sort of front line, uh, yeah. and and they need to be brought up to speed with it as well. And and the, and that's because this is a burgeoning movement. You know, we can talk about its its origins, and we have, uh, and, and and the old school guys and so forth. I, I would go so far as to say Train wouldn't have had a clue about, you know, the Australia Act. Um, maybe would, you know, sort of have some it, – it's not the basis of his beliefs. His beliefs yeah. uh, that he – that it is wrong for police to come onto his property and if they do, they are committing a crime and, and yeah. he will act accordingly. Righteous anger. That's right. I mean, yeah. everyone's doing it. You know, Joel, I mean, Monica – Monica, Mon, Monica, Mon, fucking uh, spit. Yeah, she she actually threatened to go to court and play the soft sit rule and was going to let all her followers know how she got on. I mean, this Amazing. is this is kind of how this thing is developing very and evolving very very rapidly yeah. around the sort of freedom movement, and so it's not. It's going, where it ends up going. Yeah, you know, this was this was decidedly a fringe movement, sovereign citizen movement if we want to call it that, lazily perhaps. It might have carried on as this sort of fringe movement of oddities and occasionally dangerous situations, Um, and then the pandemic came, and it has just literally magnified it into something much, much worse now. And in the wake of the pandemic, there's going to be a lot of things that aren't there, lockdowns, you know, vaccines, all this sort of stuff. They're going to have to divert their attention somewhere. And, yeah, pseudo-legal gibberish and this constant victimhood fear complex of tyranny is likely where a lot of energy is going to go. Cows have fucking masks on. Everybody is up for the high jump. If they deserve it, if they deserve to hang, they will hang. Rise up, Australia. Men of Australia, time to step up and be real men. Protect your kids or go down. Biggest cowards this country has ever seen. Hang that animals.
All right, for this week's cooker update, we have Sandy and Soz who know a lot more about cookers than we do. So we're going to leave it to them to explain one of the more important things that's happened recently, which is the baby Will saga with a young child who urgently needs heart surgery, which is being held up, well, was being held up by fuckwit parents who are terrified of vaccinated blood. This is a absolute shit show, but I'm going to leave it to the girls to explain it because they have poured through hours of bullshit that I'm not prepared to do to find out what's actually happening. So go for it, girls. Hi, I'm Sandy. <laughs> hey, I'm Sauce. Sandy's in the driving chair today. She's the one who is all over this. So yeah. over to you, Sandy. All right. Ah, oh, well. All right. So this is a coordinated anti-vax movement in New Zealand working to sensationalise a story about a baby called Will who has a congenital heart defect that requires surgery in order to save his life. That's about the crux of it all. If he doesn't get surgery, he's fucked. Exactly. But let's begin with the parents. So this started with them refusing the use of blood products supplied by New Zealand blood services on the grounds that they feared they could potentially be using what they refer to as contaminated blood Uh from vaccinated donors. They believed that the mRNA spike protein remains in the blood system for some time after vaccination and as the blood services do not screen for vaccination status, that Mm -hmm. the residual mRNA would enter the bloodstream of their baby and put his life at risk. Yeah. So they requested direct donor blood from unvaccinated people, but direct donor blood is not encouraged, except for very rare circumstances, such as rare blood types. In order to request direct donor blood, it must be referred to the blood services via clinician. And in this case, the evidence the parents provided to both the clinician at the hospital treating will and the director of the New Zealand blood service was declined stating that direct blood donor was not a viable alternative. But more on that later. You can just imagine the evidence they gave, like all these rumble links. Yeah, correct. You know, (laughs) like just absolute trash. Oh, and it shows even in this court document, because I'm getting all this from the um, the judgment, and you can see, look, we'll get to that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, we don't know much about the parents and their views, but there are some clues. So it's been reported that the mother, Samantha, was a maternity nurse prior to COVID and lost her job when she refused to be vaccinated against COVID-19 when the government and her workplace required it due to the pandemic. Classic. Yeah. The father has been a little bit more forthright with with revealing his views around the vaccine, COVID, and what's going on. Yeah. Rambling in the Telegram group that was set up in support of the family. Here's an example. Remember where we are at. It is unbelievable. We have a mass kill event taking place and they cannot have a baby interrupting that. So they will kill him. So this is who we are dealing with. It's gone past reasonable now. We are all next at some point soon. If we don't realize this and go hard to change this, they continue walking all over us with increasing force and brutality. Please let's save the baby. A human being does not harm a baby. So that can that be understood? We are not dealing with people who are human anymore. Yeah. And look, we need to give three cheers for that because if you actually read, you read that, that. there's oh. no punctuation. It is horribly written and you just took your time and you read it like a champion. I, if Jack wrote that, read that, I reckon he would have thrown his laptop at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a little bit uh, on, on the edge. So to me... These feel like the perfect family for the anti-vax circus to grab onto and away they went. You know, I, I've been watching this one 
on the periphery, to be to be honest. You know, like I, I saw Baby Will pop up and, you know, I've watched a couple of clips and, and I watched that Man Alive guy on Facebook. And it was amazing how quickly, particularly in New Zealand, which I don't think we see that much here, how quickly they can actually harness community support. Like yeah. it feels in New Zealand they can whip it up a lot quicker than they than they can here. You know, it's like all of a sudden beast. there's like two, three hundred people out the front of the yeah. hospital every day doing a vigil. We just don't yeah. see that here. I think yeah. that's maybe a little bit of a difference between but I mean this could so easily be someone in Melbourne. It's like if Victoria became a country. It really does feel like like the most pilled yeah. place on the I mean, planet. like it it was just different faces saying the same words. You know, like yeah. just the same stuff in a different place with different families. It's just, it's just devastating. I just don't understand it. Like as a, it, as a parent, you would like, you just think you'd, and I mean, we've spoken about this before with, you know, with someone else in the movement who refused to get their child treated when, you know, they potentially had broken their arm or their leg, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. And That's fucked up. You just go, God, you'd walk over literal broken glass like how could you put your baby's life at risk over give your kid a painkiller you psychopath other people (laughs) manipulating your point of view but anyway yeah yeah Mm. anyway yeah it it really is a playbook they all do it because we kind of all recognize it now you have the anti-vax citizen journalist the anti-vax lawyer and yep. an alternative media and of course bam yeah a media shit show surrounding an innocent baby who just needs to have his surgery done to save his life but Jesus. like there really is no depth that they will lower, lower themselves to yeah just make a point yeah so this is where liz gunn sue gray and a show called counter spin spring mm. into action the hospital tries mediating with the parents but find themselves being interrupted by liz gunn who Ugh. appears to take it upon herself to speak Fuck. on behalf of the parents yeah At, at one point, a, a specialist was so frustrated at the fact she couldn't get a word into the parents, she walked out of the meeting with Liz following her trail. Like, Fuck their pests. Liz literally chased her out of the room. <laughs> and then she goes on to do these press conferences outside the hospital to the alternative media and yeah. words started getting around about Baby Will and this case. Yeah. And then in comes Sue Gray, a mm. friend of Liz, of course who is a lawyer who makes claims about the vaccine killing people and about nanotechnology in the vaccines Mm -hmm. and has a reputation for her outrageous views. Sue is a calmer version of Serene Tefahai, if you will, much Mm. more serene than Serene is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's very engaging. She's very engaging. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm very glad that most of our freedom movement types, uh, they're just not interesting or funny or clever. They're just sort of awful and unhinged. And that is a huge asset to the sort of the proponents of reality who don't want to see 20 people go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, so realising they have a patient who requires surgery urgently and parents not willing to consent, the hospital takes the case to court and asks for guardianship of will so that the surgery and the blood transfusion that cannot be avoided in surgery like this can go ahead. And the circus continues. So Sue Gray brings in two medical experts to provide evidence to the court that transfusions from vaccinated blood is unsafe. Now, this is where we get to the part where you were saying there earlier, Joel, that just imagine yeah. what the evidence was. Just bullshit evidence. Right. So let's start with Kirsten Muffet. First of all, she is a lawyer, not a medical expert, and the judge dismissed her evidence on these grounds. Good. 
So, mm. but why did Sue bring her on? She must have known that. She's bringing a lawyer to give medical evidence. Yeah. Something weird going on there. So, anyway, looked into Muffet a little bit further. And the reason why they brought her in it is because she's actually really highly regarded in the anti-vax community for a letter to Parliament that she drew up with all her research and mm-hmm. evidence that the vaccine was unsafe. This letter is huge. It has claims that numbers of COVID cases and vaccine reactions are being fudged, mm-hmm. that the vaccines cause, wait for it, VADES. Mm-hmm. Vaccine associated enhanced disease. We've all heard Bosi claiming all the vaccinated getting AIDS, right? Yeah. Yep. And the mm. early treatment options had been suppressed, such as ivermectin. Of course. Yeah. Right. Got to get that sheep drench. Yeah. <laughs> but the other expert is qualified to give medical evidence, Dr. Byron Bridal. <laughs> He's not a clinical doctor, but a researcher from Canada. He has a lab that has been funded by legitimate cancer research organisations such as Canadian Cancer Society, Canadian Breast Cancer Association. His lab was undertaking research for potential vaccinations against cancers, but when the pandemic hit, they pivoted to vaccines for COVID. Mm. It was noted in previous court cases that he may have a conflict of interest, which is what people suspect was Wakefield's motivation to form the Uh, anti-vax movement. Yep. (laughs) He's not making his own vaccine by any chance, is he, Sandy? Yes. Mm. So he's looking to do that, right? (laughs) Jeez. Wonder what that's going on, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit suspect. Mm. And it was also assumed online that he was a veterinarian due to his work at the university teaching veterinarians about immunology, but he is not a vet. He just teaches them and he's not a clinical doctor. But most concerning of all is the fact that colleagues from the University of Guelph in Canada, where he is a professor, released a letter signed by over 80 scientists stating that they did not support his views and that he's been actively spreading unscientific and blatant misinformation and distancing themselves from him. So he's eating lunch alone at university, (laughs) by the sounds of things. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, so Dr. Bridal first provided evidence to the court that had already been disproven during another case, so the judge dismissed it. And then he later had the nerve to submit a statement to the court during this case that a moratorium be placed on New Zealand Blood Services' use of blood products from vaccinated donors until they can prove that these blood products do not present any risk. Piss off. Considering that most people in New Zealand are vaccinated and the fact that that would mean there would literally be Jesus. no blood donations happening, this cool. is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, so too bad for everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but they had a win. So Sue Gray brings a GP in, Dr Victoria Catherwood, who cited a study which found that vaccine-associated synthetic mRNA persists in systemic circulation for at least two weeks and the judge accepted that. They all went crazy and got excited, except Mr. White, who was representing the hospital, pointed out that same study also stated that the vaccines using mRNA technology to date remain safe. Exactly. So remember, that was the point of all of this. They were trying to say it was not safe for Will. Yes, exactly. So they'll cherry pick data from a research paper because that's what they do. And omit the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just fuck. Yeah, so I just don't understand. And look, this is just a general observation from all the court cases here as well, right? Sometimes I wonder if they would have been better served by keeping their submissions to court quite concise 
and to the point. Because the number of cases where you watch on live stream and it's reams and reams yeah. and reams of yeah. like mm-hmm. useless facts and almost people going, yeah, but like I, I don't I don't understand. Like if, if I was a judge making a decision and someone sent me in 48 reams of pieces of paper of random comments made by random people all around the world versus someone who gave me three pages of very concise type yeah. information. I think I'd be going with yeah. the yeah. This is why cost orders one. need to be placed against these people who do these stunts. If you want to give 200 yeah. pages to the opposing counsel, they're going to read it. They're going to get a paralegal to do it. They're going to charge $700 an hour to do it. And you are going to have a $1 million cost order and fuck you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so then this is where they get desperate and things get a little bit sad. They also provided to the court a statement from a mother named Cornelia Hertzler from the US who did an interview with Liz Gunn talking Mm -hmm. about how she believed her baby Alex had died from the hospital providing him with a blood transfusion using vaccinated blood without her consent. Okay. But – Look, the judge dismissed it because she couldn't provide evidence as to what has objectively been determined as the cause of his death. Mm-hmm. She believes it, but yes. correlation, causation can be off. Exactly. Tragic. exactly. And, it's likely bullshit. Yeah, though, you know, sad situation, but yeah, you know, of course. that doesn't matter to Liz. She'll drag a grieving mother through all this because it suits her cause, right? Of course, yeah. The other thing noted was that despite the parents stating they had 20 to 30 unvaccinated donors available, given the array of blood products Will could potentially require, such as plasma, it would not be possible because the products can be pooled with blood from different donors from other countries, such as Australia, and the 20 to 30 donators would still not be enough. Mm. So no surprises here. The judge ruled in favour of the hospital and granted Will's treating doctors with guardianship to go ahead with the surgery while also ruling the parents as loving parents and maintaining they had custody on all other aspects. Yeah. (laughs) The doctors have guardianship until the end of January to include the recovery also. Yeah. Uh, Also noted in the judgment was that this was not a case of refusing a treatment based on religious beliefs such as Jehovah's Witnesses who don't believe in blood transfusions at all and was not yeah. treated in the same way. They would have hated that because that's the kind of argument that actually would work to say that we have a belief structure that is, you know, akin to religion and if there is some sort of exemption for that in the law over there, which I don't know, I'm not a medical legal scholar over there, but, uh, you know, that's how they'd get this done. And yeah, it looks like I- that got shut down in the high court of all places, so sucked in. Yeah, that's it. And like back on the Jehovah's Witness thing, I did have a kind of a bit of a look, but in the case of minors and with a Jehovah's Witness refusing life-saving surgery, the yeah. same thing would have happened to them. They would have gotten a court order to override oh, that. Oh, really? So, yeah, if it's Interesting. involving Even minors with adults under or? 12. Yeah. No, under 12, adults, okay. adults would, from what I could see, was that adults can refuse a transfusion, refuse. but okay. not a child. Yeah, fair cool. Yeah. 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 Cool. So the hospital issued... This is funny. So the hospital actually issued Liz with a notice of trespass and told her she was not allowed on the hospital grounds for 48 hours. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, yeah, that needed to, needed to happen. Yeah, yeah, So all, all settled. The doctor scheduled surgery for the Friday, but the parents were still not going to let it go. So the circus continues. Yep. And in, in turn, they refused to allow the doctors to take Will from them to undertake pre-surgery screening and scans. So... Back to court they went. So 
Look, I won't get into this one, but the judge granted permission for police to take the baby from the parents and hand him over to the doctors and healthcare team. So Thursday night, the night before surgery, Mm. Samantha and Cole are sitting in the patient room and who shall be in there with them? Liz Gunn's camera guy. Oh, yeah. It doesn't happen if it's not content, right? Oh, absolutely. They knew something was going to go down and they were ready. Yeah. So the camera was rolling while police came in and informed the parents who, of course, were not happy about the situation and the police grabbed the baby and handed him over to the medical team. But this video went viral around the anti-vax community to the dismay of the followers with headlines such as medical kidnapping. (laughs) The father, Cole, was trying to antagonise the police while Samantha was trying to calm him down and keep things calm so she could at least go with him. But it got pretty emotional in there. It's funny, the the things that I've seen of the parents, it feels like that's the dynamic. It feels like dad really wants this. Oh, yeah. Like, Is how I would say it. Wants this notoriety. And mum does feel... There was kind of not an not an unwilling participant yeah. because she you know she has her own views but it, it feels like you know yeah. maybe yeah. it's gotten away from her a little bit. He's but all he, in. He he appears yeah, yeah, to be it. thriving in this yeah. situation. Yeah, just his rhetoric yeah. when he speaks to people like Liz Gunn and all that. I just I yeah. just don't get a good vibe off him. I'm just like I think he's just really not a good lost person. The plot. He's lost yeah. the plot. Malcolm um, Roberts shared the video and uh, said yeah. that it was distressing content, but the distressing part is the fact that he shared it. Uh, he has a large narrative that yeah. I won't go along because it's paragraphs yeah. of nonsense, um, but basically saying this is medical tyranny and it's not medical tyranny. It's the fact that you've created people, you've, you've made people terrified of basic life and now that situation coming to a head where people are having serious problems because they truly believe this bullshit that assholes like Robert's pedals. So, I mean, just once again, fuck you, teeny weeny. Uh, you didn't need to chime in on this. Alex Antic stayed out of it, but you just couldn't help yourself and you're a scumbag. Yep. And look, the parents, it was all because the parents were refusing him to get tests. Like, yeah. you know, anyway, no sympathy from me, that's for sure. No. Um, no. But Liz was not dissuaded by the court loss and instead landed herself and the parents a gig on the Alex Jones show, InfoWars, being interviewed by him of all people Mm. and word spread internationally about the case, even drawing the attention of Monica Smith from RDA, doing shout-outs to her followers to find a doctor who could do the surgery overseas. So, yeah, let's just delay treatment even further while you arrange that, Monica. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, so this garnered the attention of everyone in this space from JFK Jr. to David Icke, of all people. JFK Jr. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of had to laugh or big eye rolls because one of the biggest criticisms the parents had during this case against the hospital is that the doctors were treating them like conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, they know. Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, talks to ducks. Yeah. Yes, does talk to ducks. David Icke is definitely a duck. If you want to, if you want to talk about quacking, that man quacks. Oh, even like um, the the parent Cole. He was in one video. He was saying how the doctor didn't seem human. He goes, you know, you look into his eyes oh, and didn't seem off. human. I'm like, what? So he's a lizard? Like, what's going on oh here? Oh my god! Don't talk to David Icke. He's gonna tell you the doctors are lizards, and if you're <laughs> yeah. that stupid, you're gonna believe it. Fuck's sake. Yeah, so in the end, their attempt to give baby Will better blood, yes, that's right, they said that, uh, didn't happen and he had his surgery and all is well with baby Will as far as we know. Yeah. 
there were attempts to spread rumours that Will had secretly received unvaccinated blood from his father, but Cole talked to those rumours down and said that was not the case. Yeah, but he's the one who bloody raised it on the steps as soon as they walked out and said, you know, that it was a success and, oh, I don't want to say too much, but, you know. Yeah, he said that on the steps. Yeah, well, yeah, but I've got from good sources yeah, yeah that uh, yeah. maybe they slip unvaccinated yeah. blood in there just to make sure that we didn't, you know, we didn't have a situation where we looked like we were right after all. I mean, fuck off. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's, well, yeah. maybe he is actually only inferring that he didn't provide it, but maybe he still believes yeah. that other people did. <laughs> it sounds like he's covering his ass. maybe legal advice. Oh, look, that's... <laughs> That's definitely what they're they're going to say. This baby's going to make a beautiful recovery and go on to live a happy, normal life. And Slipped in the they're going to say it's because yeah. the government yeah. gave him unvaxxed Total blood. Bullshit. He's yeah, still which pure. is actually kind of a good um, thing because one of our um, Twitter friends, Salary Sorbet, actually made the point that if they, it's potential that if they believe that the baby received tainted blood, yeah. that the baby is not. You know, pure, pure and yeah. yeah, maybe faulty or maybe you know. yeah, mm. treated differently. Yeah. No, Sandy. They yeah, have, that's right. Yeah, Will is yeah. a twin. I don't know. That and one. do they have any no. other kids? I think they might have because one of them passed him the kid on I the steps. I think they might have. I think they might have. A, yeah, I reckon they might have at least yeah one, yeah. maybe yeah. two other kids. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and like I said, like they're loving parents and all that, but at the same time, like, you know, you can say they're loving parents, but Celery's got a really good point there. There is a possibility they will always see this kid Mm. as being the one with the changed uh, DNA. Yeah, and less Less than. than. And, you know, and they'll make up some sort of narrative around that. And it's possible their dickhead mates in the anti-vax movement might very well back that up. Anything anything wrong with this child, like, per se, like if if he has grows up with... Any kind of mental illness or anything, anything, it's going to come back to this. Exactly. Anything. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like how the anti-vaxxers view their autistic children. It's a little bit, you know, not quite right. Yeah, a little bit wrong. Got to blame like the, somebody. The stuff that Jenny McCarthy said about yeah. her autistic child is fucking disgusting. I mean, like she's Ugh. obviously a raging narcissist and a piece of shit. But at the same time, fuck, man, like the one thing that meant to drop all that bullshit is your child and she can't even. Um, but, yeah, she got Jim Carrey pilled as well, but I'm not going to get out of that rabbit hole because <laughs> there's a whole section of Hollywood that's been <sighs> fucked up by Jenny McCarthy's bullshit. Anyway, I'm not yeah, going into that. <laughs> that's actually going back a bit, but, yeah. <laughs> it is a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, of course, this also felt very politically motivated against Jacinda Ardern with Sue Gray having founded the Outdoors and Freedom Party (laughs) and Liz Gunn vowing to run for politics next election. Yeah, some office, yeah. Yeah, so every interview they do is just Jacinda Ardern focused, kind of like how they are here over here with Dan Andrews. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, they hate, they hate just, yeah. Yeah. Jacinda, Dan, They're Justin lizards. Trudeau. They're yeah. lizards and Satans. <laughs> so they despise them. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Yeah. I think, though, this is like one of the byproducts of this whole movement, for want of a different word. I don't know what to call it anymore. This this breeding of distrust. Yeah. Yeah. In everything. Well, medical, In everything. political, economic, but all of the, it. The medical yeah. stuff. You know, Sandy and I were once, you know, talking about someone who, you know, is pretty active in all the 
Facebook groups who needed medical attention, serious medical attention. Yeah. And was being actively encouraged not to seek medical treatment in case they secretly jab you while you're unconscious. Just Um, no. Just no. And it's like this person could die because you're actively telling him not to go to a hospital. And, like, like, you know, yeah, like the the blood transfusion thing, they've been doing this for ages. Del Bigtree refused to get blood transfusion for some catastrophic hemorrhoid explosion that he had or some shit so he's bleeding out the ass and almost died and got a oh bloody God. plane to fucking mexico to get unvaccinated blood it, yeah it's gonna keep happening this is this is a um a way of the movement continuing yeah and we've got more happening because liz gunn and all of them have moved on to another case of a baby oh, at great. the same hospital yeah also requires blood tr- transfusion and they're crowdfunding to send that baby to india yeah because oh that's a good Lord. idea yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure India has world-class medical facilities, but you throw that child on a plane and it's probably going to get COVID. But don't worry about that. It's fine. Yeah. They've Idiot. raised 5000 and they want to raise 65000 65000 yeah. Fucking psychos. Yeah. So, you know, requesting direct donor blood on the basis of COVID-19 vaccine is not an option here in Australia either, nor is it in the UK and Canada. So brace yourselves because we are likely going to see the same thing happen here. Mm. Except I'm kind of thinking it might be Monica and AFL solicitors promoted yeah. by Rebel News. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been serene, but she can't practice. But Oh, that won't stop her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's it. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> friend of the court. <laughs> she'll, 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 work it out. she'll work that out somehow. Oh, I think as banner. well that one thing about, you know, and you calling it a circus, Sandy, is exactly what it is. It's circus, yeah. The, yeah. Absolutely. The issue is the circus moves on and people yeah. are left. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the yes. circus that was Grace Hughes. Like, exactly. That's moved now. That, that you know, that no one cares. They don't so care what was the story of Grace? Grace was the, the child that was abducted for, by her mother. Yep. Yeah. Okay, in the Northern yeah. Territory. That was, that was bad. But yeah. they, that's done. Yeah. No, one, yeah, no one's done. talking about Grace Hughes anymore. No one's Attention talking about the mum. No one, yeah. like. She's done though. She's, yeah. you know, that that mother is probably now left to deal with. Well, Serene is um, supposedly trying to help the mother, uh, give her a caravan and somewhere to stay because now okay. the mother has but been that, completely. But that's what I mean. Left like with this poor woman is now yeah. going to be living in a caravan, exactly, trying to put her life back together with the help yeah. of Serene. Serene, <laughs> yes, it's not a great person to be like. I'm going to give you a hand. It's like, are you though? Can, maybe you should start with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, and also Sue Gray, so her professional conduct is under review. So maybe Good. she's not quite as serene as we thought she might have been. <laughs> <laughs> she essentially incited a virtual riot during a new case. She was assisting. Oh, God. And, you know, friend of the courts, one of those, yeah. and was put into custody until okay. she apologised to the judge. Nice. Who had submitted a review into her conduct. Oof. So her future as a lawyer is up for question. That's good. Yes, that is definitely good. I Following hope right she in the footsteps of her namesake. It's just probably yeah. tragic. You know, like at the middle of this, there's just this little baby. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that didn't need to go through all of this. All for attention. I mean, she's doing this for clout. Just didn't need to go through yes. this. Like that yeah. poor baby getting pulled from pillar to post and saying, I mean, babies can sense when things aren't right and emotions and. Yeah, there's big trauma involved. It's rubbish. 
It's just a rubbish way to be. All uncalled for. But also clout and money, you're thinking, so there's yeah. donations involved. Yeah, so um, the parents had have a donation, like all their bank accounts went out, asking for donations straight into their bank account. Of course they did, And yep. also Sue Gray. So Sue Gray, <laughs> Yeah, the so lawyer, she's taken some cash as well. She's yeah. taken in cash. Um, how much they are getting, we don't know. But no considering yeah. the, much, the amount of attention that they received, I, I'm betting it's a lot. I think they'll yeah. be all, all okay. In We're not Info this. Wars, so, I mean, yeah, it sounds like um, the kid's going to be buying them some extensions on the house. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Totally uncool. Oh, well. Nearly died, but that's it. Yeah. Look, good money spinner. Yeah, exactly. So, although we are only speaking of the COVID vaccine and I refer to them as anti-vaxxers, just know that to me, if you perpetuate anti-vax sentiment and com- complicitly grow the anti-vax movement by using the same tropes they were using prior to COVID, such as dying suddenly and then go on to encourage and fearmonger other people to not get vaccinated even if you vaccinated your kids you're an anti-vaxxer and i don't mean that in a derogatory way even though i absolutely disagree with your views i'm not being mean about it it's just how i feel about it and why i use the term because i know a lot of people get upset um, when you use the term anti-vaxxer it is what it is same with Cooker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, look, if you're a sub-sit and anti-vaxxer and all the rest and you believe every piece of canonary bullshit you're served up, you've got a cooked brain. You don't have the ability to think critically and you're addicted to sexy uh, counter-narratives that make you feel excited and smart. It's a yeah. cooked brain. Sorry. That's yeah. just it. And yeah. if you're against vaccination with very little basis or you believe dodgy information because it is some sort of bizarre cognitive dissonance angle where it agrees with these notions you have that you shouldn't even have in the first place. I mean, fuck you, you're an anti-vaxxer. I'm not interested in these semantics. Well, there you have it. That's Baby Will and the saga of the blood and the ongoing bullshit for this pointless medical opposition that people are festering on. And look, now it's vaccinated blood. It's going to be something else. But the way in which the US industry, where it be Alex Jones on the far or you've got Tucker Carlson, who surprisingly goes against pharmaceutical companies despite how many advertisers they have on Fox News. And we're just going to see more of it. Um, I think this is one of the ways that they're going to keep alive and keep relevant. And we are going to see, just like that guy who didn't get medical, or may or not have got medical treatment, it's casualties. But they're just casualties of war. No one's going to give a shit about them. And they're not going to get any donations. So, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us on to talk about that. It was really interesting. I wasn't going to pay much attention to it, but once it crossed over to Australia, I thought, all right, okay, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to come over here. We're going to see this here, but we'll oh, be ready. Big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only are we going to see it, I guarantee you that they're out there actively trying to find a baby. Someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you say, Rebel News will be out there trying to find <laughs> they're, something. They're, right now they're like, hang on, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get a little bit this. of this. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. How fucking tragic. What a weird state of affair we're in. Ugh. Oh, well, thanks, guys. No worries. Thank you. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans with the craggy face conspiracy theorist returning to Twitter. He's back. Everything old is new again. I know. He was never really big into Twitter, to be fair. He was focusing more on his Facebook and Instagram accounts. But after Elon Musk bought the social media giant, he has, like many other malignant fascists in this world who've kept a little bit quiet because their accounts have been banned, he's decided that Twitter is once again a safe space for people to spread disinformation and generally be a massive cunt and not get banned. 
great. Mm. So his first tweet, which went under the radar a bit, was from October 28th. Seems like a good day to join Twitter. It's capital T, you idiot. (laughs) And then hearts. Lots of three hearts. So that was it. And then he came back with this utterly pointless word salad the other day. The greatest, all in caps, show on earth. Mm. So many plot twists, cliffhangers, mysteries, timelines, good and bad actors. Great time to be alive to not only witness the massive shift that is happening, hmm, but also to contribute to the great play. And, of course, the even, in caps, greater show, mm-hmm. in parentheses, or reveal, is connection to, all in caps, nature, nature as often as possible. I love the balance between the two. The fuck hearts, is that? Hearts love. Meaningless. Meaningless. It doesn't. Well, yeah, I, 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 I kind of get it. He's trying to be clever. Yes, he's like doing what Chris Coveries does. He just speaks in code, and he thinks, well, if you don't understand it, you're not smart enough. No, Pete. No, uh, you're just I, being really dumb. You're, you're, yeah, you're just being vague and annoying. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So look, I found out about his return on Twitter on his Telegram group because I was combing his feed for comedy and just saying I found a lot. This week's Pete is a real fucking treat. I first came across his account when he had 52 followers, and now he has 90. 90 followers on Twitter? Wow, he's a media phenomenon, Joe. I wrote this hours ago, and he still has 90. We were talking about it earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it this morning. Yeah. I I don't know. How many many does Ronaldo have? I mean, you know, do you think when Ronaldo joined Twitter, he'd get 90 followers in a day? Well, look, I'm no Ronaldo, so I can't really throw stones. But for the first time, for someone who has had a million people follow him on social media, I can throw stones. You suck, Pete. (laughs) I would have got more than that. (laughs) Fuck you. You are shit. So, look, before I dive into his recent streak of original posting on Telegram, which is beautiful, listener Simon Nielsen kindly sent us an email to the conditional release program at gmail.com with one of Pete's recent posts. Now, Pete has his posts set to auto-destruct after a week, which is very smart because a lot of his posts are awful. And we only do Pete fortnightly, so sometimes I miss some of the best content and I fucking miss this one. But let's read the email out because I don't think I could put this any better. All right. Hey, Joel. Saw on Pete Evans' telegram recently a post he actually wrote himself saying... What a fascinating few years we have just experienced, and I have a feeling that it is going to continue. Remember, nature, didn't capitalise it this time, in parentheses, including ourselves, have all the answers to stay grounded and also to be an observer, Uh whilst at the same time we have the ability to manifest the most magical experience and grow three hearts, three loves. Uh, here is Ye on Alex Jones creating their own reality. Isn't that great? <laughs> Just all that. And Just a little I'll... segue. Wait, yeah. here's, here's a rapper who's now a Nazi. <laughs> and accompanying that post, he included a short clip of Kanye West on Infowars saying, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. Yeah. Pete is so gross and completely cooked. The, re- the letter continues. This is the recent Infowars interview where Ye also praised Adolf Hitler and appeared alongside white nationalist and Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. <laughs> Hi, Nick. <laughs> How has this got anything to do with manifesting magical experiences and love? Good question, it's a good, son. It is a good question. It's a good question. Pete both infuriates and disgusts me in equal measure. Perfect. What an idiot. And that's signed by Simon. It's those last two lines that I don't think I could have said any better. You no, know, 
No. I just, it, I'm just, just like, oh, unbelievable. Simon, you said it. It's good. It's real good. So I'm just going to say, look, hats off to Simon. Thank you very much for that because I did miss that post. And often people will send things into me and I'll say, oh, yes, thank you very much. But I already know that. No, didn't. Really appreciate it because that's <laughs> fucking pathetic. Unbelievable. And if you had any doubt that Pete was a Nazi, well, maybe you can rest those doubts. Put him in bed, snuggle him up, put him a pillow behind its head, maybe put a pillow over its face because that's pretty bad. And with Kanye West doing this whole weird, I love Hitler thing, the last person who should comment on it is Pete fucking Evans. You would think so. I I would have thought so. Shut What? What the fuck? But self-awareness has never been his strong suit. Let's face it. All the love and light in the world doesn't hide the fact that you are cheerleading for a guy who says he loves Hitler. (laughs) That's how he said it. Yeah. This is where a lot of police problems started, really, where we just... Yeah, maybe your love for Hitler was a problem, you know, mm. but we're supposed to change. The real German history and what have you, yeah. Oh, yeah, that real history of Germany is a fucking oucher. But while Pete isn't cheering on the Nazi chapter of yay, he's writing his thoughts on Telegram, bless his heart. They're not clever, but they are keeping this segment alive. We almost had to turn this into Ralph Babbitt, but he's back and I love him for it. So here's he's one back. of the brain farts he's put out to the public. Died suddenly seems very common these days. Does it? Does it? Does it really? Does it? Does it? Did you ever hear these two words being said by the media before the introduction of an experimental drug that was pushed on the world? This is just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately. Pete knows. Pete knows more. Mm. Many people risked a lot to warn people about this and continue to do so. Hearts, hearts, hearts. Yeah, thanks for the hearts, mate. You're the fucking one saying died suddenly, you penis. You You and your fucking mates. I'm not hearing it. It's not on ABC News at 7pm. Fucking Richard Moorcroft being like, oh, yeah, by the way, everyone's dying suddenly. They're all 30. No. (laughs) People often don't report on random people dying suddenly. And, yes, it does happen. And fuck me, I hope I wake up tomorrow. But, God damn it, who knows? You freaks are finding Mm. cases of it pushing it into the public eye and then winking like this sort of like broken horse, hoping that everyone thinks that maybe it's vaccine induced. And what, what reasons? For what reasons? Just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more vaccine, say no more. That's your basis. What gets, else have you got? It, it gets him off praising Hitler, you know, to, to be fair. <laughs> Look, it's a worthwhile distraction from that because as bad as these claims are, they're not quite as bad as the idea the Holocaust didn't happen. So let's just mm. rest on that. Yeah. But Imagine, there's nothing yeah. there's yeah. nothing fucking in it. The guy's a fucking moron. And that recent anti-vax doco you may have heard of called Died Suddenly by Stu Peters has been panned not only by sane people and rational people everywhere, but also anti-vaxxers. They think it's so fucking <laughs> stupid, they want to distance themselves from this film. So your died suddenly thing is so embarrassing that even your mates think it's stupid. And these are people who think there are fucking nanobots in the vaccine. This is the bar. That's where the bar is for being too crazy. And the whole died suddenly phenomenon is apparently above that. Stu Peters just did a fucking high school leap over it. And Pete's just in the grandstand just watching, just being like, fucking love this. Wow. 
I love this. I've got my Look at Stu. Look at Stu. He's so such athletic. a guy. Yeah, so here's another, another one from Pete. I remember when I was first shadow banned on Facebook. Oh. I went from between 250,000 to sometimes a million views per post. Okay. And then all of a sudden to just a few thousand views in the space of a day or two, oh. just after I spoke out about the scam, which they called the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He called the scam demi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Didn't he well, call the scam demi? Yeah, it was like commonly, a, yes. Yeah, a little bit of a portmanteau there. Uh, I was yeah, permanently right. deleted off FB and Instagram, in parentheses, with a combined audience of over 2 million without any warning shortly thereafter. Oh. Yeah. It's really funny, though, because like, so being a Nazi anti vaxxer isn't popular. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. breaking news. Like, you first were doing like grass fed salmon recipes, um, weird shit yeah. about Manu, your mate who clearly has a lot more going for him than you do. And then you became a anti vax Nazi uh, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. And then, yeah, people stop checking self awareness there, Pete. Yeah, that's the self awareness is not there. So, look, I can't imagine why your views went down. There is a possibility you were shadow banned. And the, probably the reason why is because your thoughts are part of the reason why the world <laughs> sucks right now. But maybe people don't like Nazi content. Maybe that's some food for thought. Maybe spray some fucking user on that fucking thought. Idiot. He goes on. Going to be an interesting few years coming up when all of the corruption is revealed. Corruption that only Pete knows about. Yes. Grab your popcorn, as they say. As been clever again, as things are about to become very interesting and revealing. Hearts, hearts, hearts. Yeah. Now, of course, this corruption isn't the $1.6 billion that Jared Kushner got from the Saudis, uh, the use of Trump assets for state business during his presidency on the taxpayer's dime at great markups, the $500 million loan from a Chinese company in exchange for lifting certain sanctions that impacted their business straight to the Trump empire? Or is Pete thinking of maybe when Paul Manafort, Trump's former campaign chairman, was giving private briefings to a Russian oligarch he owed money to? Wonder what he told them. Maybe mm. the millions in campaign money has gone to the Trump empire with fuck all oversight. Grab the popcorn, Pete. Let's do some forensic accounting. Get some Excel spreadsheets out. But let's face it. We know that all Pete's talking about here is Hunter Biden's dick because he's he's an idiot and that's the extent of his political education. But at least Pete's speaking out or speaking up or at least speaking speaking. because I just wanted wanted him to do something, you know? Come on, Pete, do something. Do something. Because this segment was all dead a month ago. I had to make a whole new musical piece to intro Ralph Babbitt as the fucking new idiot for the end of the show. But now Elon Musk has become fully cupilled. People like craggy-faced conspiracy theorist Pete, they've got their voice back. Good shit. Real good. It's good for the show. It's as if he's been listening to us, John. It's it's as if he has. I'm terrified he's going to see my quote tweet on Twitter and start checking us out. Oh, God. Ah, you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program. Pete, that's what you've been listening to. Yeah. Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. Maybe you learned something. Jack, you found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider, and hopefully you don't already know this, Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. Hopefully that's new information to you. Yeah, that's very upsetting. (laughs) We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media. And we have our Patreon to help keep this sustainable. It's a labor of love, but we still have to pay rent. That's true, man. It's true. You know, shelter's expensive, especially in this town. So for as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. We sweat over these documents. We spend at least an hour on them. 
if not three. <laughs> but it's a weekly episode. Sometimes we miss weeks because, I mean, life gets in the way, but we do try and make it worth your while, and it's five bucks a month. If you give us more money, we'll do more stuff. We'll hang out with you. We'll come and rub your feet. I don't know. Just Do you think Pete might become a Patreon? Oh, fuck me. If he came up on the Patreon, especially as a $25 one, I don't know what I'd do. I have okay. a bit of a seizure. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to tell you to, you know, don't hold your breath or, you know. No, no, if no, you're, no. If you're, if you're prone to disappointment and depression. Um, <laughs> yes, that's a good way to get it, yeah. Don't get your hopes up. Maybe he'll send and- me some, like, yellowfin tuna and I'll be like, should I eat this or should no. I'm not even giving it to the dog. This is terrible. Have it framed. Yeah. And yes. finally, all feedback, <laughs> tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. It's got a the in front of it. We would love to hear from you, even if you come in hot with mm-hmm. some constructive criticism. We're here for it. Well, jollies. I can't yeah, stand well, it, quite frankly. Thank you, listeners. We See don't ya. get enough of it. Surely we <laughs> suck somehow. Tell us why. Thanks, guys. Uh, See you later. Yeah, good to end in a good to end in a hearty welcome back, Pete mode. Yes, exactly. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards!